This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk, episode 32. Uh, we thought we'd start about five seconds ago, so I was mid-flow then. Um, if you are watching, uh, hello, welcome. Um, it's it's very new. We're having a go at video content. Uh, we, we've got some new software. We're going to be live streaming on Twitter and live streaming on YouTube, and it's really good to get people involved. Um so yeah, we changed the podcast a little bit, just as a little bit of a heads up. We've now got a few permanent lads and we were saying before we were recording, I don't need to introduce them as three gate guys today because they are the guys. Um, so lads, how are you, you doing? How's it going? Yeah, not too yeah, good. All new. Yeah, it is all new, isn't it? <laughs> it is very new. It is very strange. Um but yeah, we'll we'll try and get used to it, and and don't worry, audio listeners. If you were worried in any way, uh, it's still going to come out as audio every single week. Everything's going to be the same. The only difference is is that we're going to have some video stuff as well. So let's get right into the two games that we've had over the past week. So we've got the replay against Torquay, which is a really really good one because we actually scored five goals for the first time since God knows when, and we've also got the game against Portsmouth, uh, which was a really really well fought draw. There's one thing we need to to talk about straight off the bat, and and Callum knows. I'm coming straight to Callum. Me and Callum went to the Torquay game together. Uh, Callum, just expect Lewis Dobbins' goal. What happened? What happened? Well, I mean, you you weren't his uh, biggest fan for. I'm going to say for what the 15 minutes prior to uh, the the goal, uh, and uh, we were both sat there and we were like, "Come on, come on!" We're feeling him something, dude. Something he's got to pull something out of the bag. Corner, Gabsy goes out and uh we're and we're kind of looking for him aren't we we're like looking where where are where are he where is he and he just sat there on the edge of the box just minding his own business and uh and we just both look at each other and just go imagine if he just bangs this top bin <laughs> and it just comes in bangs off the defender and whack and both of us just do a I think you and Jamie did it at Liverpool just turn to each other and just <laughs> <laughs> hug each other instantly and just jump oh, up so and you down. Had- you had an we had embrace a moment. as well. Yeah, we had an embrace, mate. We had an Vic, embrace. You're next. You're next. Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in hysterics for about five minutes. I don't think I've ever celebrated uh, no. a goal in an FA Cup replay like that before. Um, you know, maybe the Man United ones are a long way back now. That's a lot of years ago. Um, but yeah, it was good and. 
I think Lewis Dobbins been really interesting, hasn't he? Because I, you know, I, I I've been vocally maybe not his biggest fan because of his lack of end product. But if he can find that end product, he'll be a, a top player. And mm. you can see in the way he plays how much it means to him and how hard he works and and everything like that, which is great. Um, I think but, I think the strange yeah. thing about Lewis is that obviously when he's one on one, we're all thinking he's got no confidence because he's got he gets himself into the end, you know, the, the position that he gets in. And then he can't apply a finish or a or kind of a killer pass in the final third. But I tell you what, it takes some confidence to even even attempt that. I mean, if that happened, you know, and, and we predicted that happening, you'd expect him to either shank it a mile over the bar or bring it down and try and, you know, play somebody else in. So yeah, confidence is a weird thing. And obviously didn't see him um didn't see him uh, too much against kind of Pompey. So maybe that confidence can can kind of come come back in and uh you know, he can he can start hitting the, the back of the net more. Yeah, that's the big thing about him, isn't it? Is that he's got to start hitting the back of the net. Um, Paul Warren's talked about it, hasn't he? About the amount of chances that he's had and, and he needs to start taking them because, you know, at this point in the season, it, it probably won't be as bad if he misses a couple of chances if, as we get towards the business end. If he's still missing these kinds of chances, it's, it's worrying, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully that goal goes a long way and, Speaking of players that that haven't scored, Liam Thompson. I mean, what did you guys think of his goal? Practice performance, really. I think we played really well um, the last couple of games and probably deserved it, actually. Um, sort of grown into the role of playing in that midfield. And I think he's trying to stake a claim for that shirt now. Um, and to be honest, he hasn't put a foot wrong. So, well-taken goal and probably deserved it over the last couple of games he's played. Some smile when he scored as well, wasn't it? I think um, I think that could light up Derby for the the next ten years. His smile. <laughs> I was I was really pleased for him. I think keeper probably should have done a little bit better. I think it was pretty straight, wasn't it? Um, but some of the football we played, you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? That's that that classic saying. Um, but some of the football we played, especially in that first half, I thought we looked you know we looked really good. So um, you know Sula as well um, looked looked bright. So lots of positives to take and. Obviously, the Pompey result was uh, was a good kind of follow-on from that as well. I didn't realise, I know we're talking about um, about Torquay, but it's just come into my mind that I didn't realise Pompey's home record was actually so good. So getting a you know getting a result there was um, was pretty important, to be honest. But yeah, Tomo, as Vic said, I think Tomo looks good. He probably would expect it to have had a bit more game time um, on the back of kind of last year. But you know what? He's got to work hard. And if he continues to keep putting them performances in, we'll, we'll see more of him, I'm sure. Let's hope uh, so. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us, we wrote, um, obviously righted a wrong, didn't we? We like, think the replay, you'd want to just go and get the bit, job done and within half an hour, the job was done and you just needed to then just not get any injuries and just get this, see a professional game out, didn't you? And it was like, and I think that was probably the most professional game that we've played in a while where we've, like outclassed an opposition and me and Jake were talking to each other saying like we made Torquay look the level they were uh, yeah. like, obviously all respect to them to getting the replay itself but we 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 turned on the, the class I think that game yeah I, I completely agree and just to change the subject um I'm assuming all of us watched the uh the the Qatar Equator game <laughs> and um yeah interesting and one thing that was brought up a lot on social media was Qatar's goalkeeper 
Um, you know, it's never nice to see a goalkeeper flapping. But speaking of goalkeepers that definitely do not do that, Joe Wildsmith, I mean, you know, it's another two clean sheets in a week. You could you could see, if you're watching this live, you could see I've definitely queued that up on purpose. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a really, really good goalkeeper. And I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, when, when you talk about goalkeepers we've had over the past 10 years, I know we keep having a similar conversation, but I can't remember many goalkeepers in my lifetime that are as assured and confident as he is. Mm. I think the thing that's impressed me most, um, especially with the Pompey game, is we rarely have P, uh, players, well, keepers that command their box you know, a long ball kind of played over, um, you know, into the box. That's got to be the goalkeepers. And I think there's a couple of occasions against Pompey where, you know, it's come out, made an assured kind of catch. And I think the defenders will feel confident now that they've got him behind him, you know, uh, behind them. I think in previous years, you can kind of tell that centre-backs, full-backs, a little bit worried about playing a back pass or the ball kind of coming over the top because of the, the goalkeepers that we had. I'm not going to slate Roos because I love Roos. Um, Why? But, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. But um, yeah, no, he's looked he's looked really good. And I tweeted out on on Derby retweets earlier, and I think he'd get my vote for Player of the Season if the if the season ended tomorrow. He'd be my Player of the Season, and and, and that's hard to say because we've had some really good individual performances this year. Yeah, yeah, um, I think I probably agree. You know, we've we've got a couple of players that have stood out. Obviously, Cash and Mendes Lang are the obvious ones. But Wildsmith, as a goalkeeper, has done everything you'd expect from a goalkeeper. And to go from what he was when he first signed, you know, he came in, everyone thought, oh, he's been a backup keeper at Sheffield Wednesday. He had that game against Bradford where he looked very, very shaky. And he's picked himself back up from that. And now he's looking like one of the best goalkeepers in the league. So, you know... Going forwards, I hope that when we can offer new deals, he's one of those players that gets offered a long one because he's only 26 and that's young for a goalkeeper. And yeah, I think he's probably got a really big future ahead of him. Um, yeah. but one of the players... Oh, sorry, Vic. Go on, mate. I think with Wildsmith, I think he's similar to... And I think he's got it at Derby. I mean, this Pompey, the Pompey game is his 10th clean sheet this season. So already to be in double figures, that's, that's, that's a pretty amazing stat. Testament to him as a keeper, testament to the defence as well. I'd probably say he's probably our most reassured keeper since Carlton. I'd go as far as saying that. I'd feel very comfortable with him in goal now. And it could be testament to Warren as well. He wasn't that confident, like um, Jamie was saying, about how he commanded his area against Pompey. Under Liam, I wouldn't have seen that. Whereas with Warren, they've worked on that with him. Um, it's really brought his game out. So, yeah, he's probably the best keeper we've had since Carson. And hopefully it continues all the way through. Because I think that's what's yeah. going to win us at the end of the year. Yeah. I think as well, is it's obviously when Warren came in, you know, he came in with this team. And one of the stats that I read was the goalkeeping coach, um, you know, had some crazy stats this, well, this season with Rotherham or last season, where they'd kept a certain amount of clean sheets. So maybe it is that new goalkeeping coach kind of coming in, breeding a bit of confidence. Um, I think he had to, make that one shirt his own, especially with Anang coming in. Obviously, we know Anang got injured. But, you know, people are probably saying now, what does that, what does Anang do to to get that shirt back off him? I don't think he can. I, I personally don't think he can. Um, unless he, unless Wildsmith gets injured, which I'm going to touch wood now and hope that doesn't happen. 
<laughs> also, it's it's a strange one with Anang, isn't it? Because we kind of expected, obviously, the two of them to fight it out for the shirt. But now it kind of feels a little bit like a waste of a loan. Uh, I know mm. that's obviously through no fault of Anang's. He, he picked up a pretty bad injury the second he joined, which is never good. Um, but the way Wadsmith's playing... Do you guys think it might be worth cancelling his loan and bringing in another player, you know, like a left back or a right back that we could uh, actually use? Yeah, I think so. I think um, that would be a good use of of a loan. I think we'll probably talk about Sibley and, and Smith um, later. I know your thoughts on it, Jake, because we've, we've spoke about it um, off air and you say that they're, you know, round pegs, square holes and, and doing a good job. But I just didn't like both of them against Pompey, if I'm honest. Um, I thought Smith really struggled. That was a, the first game that I've seen him really struggle. And Sibley as well, which is hard to see a, a player that you know has so much flair, just feel really restricted. I'd, I'd much rather see him in, in kind of a forward area. So, yeah, if we can bring in a left back, right back, um, somebody that actually plays that position, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for that. And I'm sure in January... If we are there or thereabouts in the playoff picture, then you know there's going to be a good amount of people that will want to come and play for for Paul Warren. I'm sure. I think the big thing for me is like you think like um, Sibley's. When when have we seen Sibley since until this season played left back at all? Like we were. Mm. I mean, we were talking for two three seasons that he was not playing in his position as left wing because we thought he was a number ten, and now he's playing left back. So I think we're. I saw on Twitter, obviously, people giving him a bit of hard time um, after the game, saying he got skinned a lot. And I'm like, but unfortunately, he's not a fullback. That's why I look at it. It's a bit harsh. But yeah, um, to be honest, I, I have a lot of respect for any player that goes out of their natural position and puts in fairly consistent performances. You know, Smith, he did struggle against Portsmouth, but in the games before that, he's been brilliant. And when you look at him, he's not built like a fullback. He's not quick. He's not going to burst past people. He's not really going to overlap. But defensively, he does his job. And at the minute, that's all we can ask for. We've got no one else that can play any of these positions. Kwaku's clearly not ready. Um, and, you know, we're struggling on the left-hand side. Now we keep picking up injuries. So I th- it's a difficult one, isn't it? And I, I know where you're coming from, Jamie. It is, you know, th- are they putting in 10 out of 10 performances? Probably not. But at the same time, they're working really, really hard. And, you know, you, you just can't fault them for the work that they're putting in. Yeah. I thought potentially there was going to be a, a, a winner. and I was hoping that we were going to get it. But I thought if it was going to come, it probably would be Smith being beaten in the air because they looked like they they kind of targeted him um, and, and were playing kind of a, across the box and on their forwards was kind of pulling out and, and kind of targeting Smith. So I think that's something to be be kind of mindful of. But... Yeah, I mean, it's it's one criticism that I've got from from that game. Uh, everything else defensively, I think we look spot on. Craig Forsyth gives the guy a statue. That's what I say. <laughs> He's some player, isn't he? I, you know, I think Fozzie's made a lot of people think, maybe consider their comments about him in, in previous seasons because... You know, he's probably not always been the best player we've had, but at the same time, he's just stepped up. Every time we've needed him, he's always been there. You think of all the good times and all the bad times, he's always been one of those players that stepped up. And I know people hold that Chef Wednesday game against him because he he made a couple of dodgy decisions, but you look at everything else and he's been a great player for us. And yeah, 
Uh, maybe don't build him a statue, but I think a testimonial <laughs> would uh, do him justice. Um, I mean, where, just... where would you put that statue outside Subway or something? <laughs> <laughs> Great location. Great location. Um, another piece of news that I guess came out just before the game uh, was an injury to Nathaniel Mendes Lang. And um, obviously, that's that's not what you want to hear. Uh, I went to the MK Dons game, absolutely brilliant. And he was brilliant, you know, for the whole game. And to hear that we've lost him until potentially the end of December is really concerning. I mean, it is bad, but who's going to step up and take his place? I reckon Dobbin. Mm. I reckon Dobbin will go right wing. Um, probably because he's the only one that probably makes sense at the minute. Um, Jason Knight's obviously not back yet, so we can't play on the right wing. Put Dobbin on there. And then obviously the... Barkhausen's come back, which is really timely, and that's quite important. So if we can put Barkhausen back on the left, Dobbin on the right, it might. I'm obviously Dobbin and Mendes Lang aren't the same player, but they both have pace, both have a bit a trick or two. Um, so it's probably the closest thing we can get to Mendes Lang. It's a big blow. Um, it's a huge blow, but I think we can be alright if Dobbin can adapt. Yeah, yeah. That's Just a job. shame he's. Just a shame he's missing the Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, yeah, that's why that's the game that I was looking at and thinking, you know, what I think he could really go off and uh, and yeah, prove a prove a point. I think actually their fans were a bit gutted to see him go, in, in all honesty. There's mm-hmm. a couple of fans that I interacted with to say that you know, he I think he was offered something but but wanted to kind of move on, but yeah, hu- huge miss. I think it's it's asking a bit to to kind of put that responsibility on Dobbin's shoulders. Um, but we, we really haven't got any other choice at the moment. Um, maybe Asula could do it, but we saw Asula in that position against Liverpool. And yeah, we, we said, didn't we, Jake, that just don't think he's that kind of player in all no. honesty, or doesn't look like that kind of player anyway. His body language is, uh, yeah, it tells kind of otherwise. But yeah, really, really big miss. And uh, we really need someone to definitely kind of up their goal involvements to ensure that we don't uh, fall out of the playoffs whilst he's on the injury list. Yeah, yeah. And one of the players we mentioned there, Tom Barkhazen, um when Warren came in, he'd obviously only played a couple of games um, before getting injured. And he, he scored in that, that away day at Accrington and he looked really, really good. Um and especially good when he got pushed further forward. And now it looks like he'll probably occupy one of the positions that isn't a defensive position. I mean, how beneficial could that be for us? I think that's really beneficial. I think you you think like, well, I think Warren actually said after his post-match that he's like his type of lad, he's his type of player. He gets up and down, he puts 100% in and he's got a bit of end product about him. Uh, he, I mean, he came on against Pompey and um, looked assured even in the 10, 15 minutes he did. Um, so I think, like I so said, we've been thinking about Dobbin. I think now he's been hopefully been able to play in a position that he's naturally in and, and happy to be in. Because obviously, like I said, when he first joined, he didn't want to play wing back. So obviously, if he's back to winger, then we might get a bit of a, a final product out of him. Yeah, it's definitely a chance, isn't it? I think it's a chance for him to to kind of make that that position his. And he has got the experience to do that. Um, so opportunity knocks. He's just got to be able to 
to get involved and uh, and score some score some goals because um, that's ultimately what we want from him. That's what I want from him because I bet he'd be the top goal scorer in League One, and that at the moment is looking <laughs> absolutely terrible. But five on it as well. A fiver, yeah, fiver, yeah, I know. What a claim! <laughs> Had you ever seen him play? No, no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, we we've had a few like that, haven't we? Um, yeah. Sure, a few people put a bit of money on Bobby Duncan to score a few goals for us as well. And, uh, yeah, Bobby Duncan seems to keep showing up in these uh, these. Yeah, points, he does, yeah. He? yeah, he's a yeah repeat offender. But yeah, it's it, it's obviously bad losing Mendes Lang, and bad is a, a terrible descriptive word. But you know, it's just how it is. Thankfully, is it's only about three games, isn't it, that we'll miss him for because of the way the the fixtures are, are done at the minute, which is good news at least. But yeah, got players have got to step up and we've just got to hope that we can get through these these games and, and still have that little bit of quality but yeah I guess on Portsmouth um, we've talked a little bit about our defence we've talked a bit about the fullbacks um, I mean we looked really strong didn't we I, I can't really remember Portsmouth having a chance no I think they only had one in the second half didn't they mm, one shot target yeah yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's away from home, at, on especially like on TV, and it's one of them that you just want to be solid. And then if we can nick it, then we'll nick it. And we nearly did a couple of times. So it's one of them. Uh, if if Paul Warren pulled that off, then it's a masterstroke, isn't it? So mm. yeah. yeah, I think we're starting. To, I think we're starting to see what he's all about, aren't we? Um, and I think he obviously said, if we can, if we can pick up results away. Um, and kind of aim for that. I think he was saying about two points, wasn't he? Average of two points, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, if, if we can, if we can do that, then uh, then perfect. And you know what? I came. Some people are probably sitting there thinking, "Oh, we've we've drew nil nil. We should have scored. We should have won." Um, but actually, I looked at that and thought, "Great result. Let's let's get let's get on with it." Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely behind Paul Warren. I always have been, but. <laughs> I'm glad you had to specify that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My tweets might say otherwise. So. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to ask you, Vic, because uh, I know you're a big fan of him, uh, about David McGoldrick. I mean, in the Torquay game, he was brilliant. In the Portsmouth game, he was sensational. He was so close to scoring what probably would have been one of the goals of his career, um, let alone our season. I mean, how good's he been for us? So it's a breath of fresh air, isn't it, to see a striker do what he can do? Um, yeah, he is a wizard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, right first, if he commented on that. <laughs> but um, no, honestly, it's been a breath of fresh air to watch him play. Even at his age, to still pull the performances he's pulling is uh, quite extraordinary. And I think it helps Collins as well. It takes the pressure off Collins when McGoldrick plays because McGoldrick offers like a different dimension to what Collins would. Sometimes we see we used to see Collins get isolated up top. With McGoldrick up there, he can ruffle a bit, few feathers. I remember one run in the first half where he got in between the two Portsmouth defenders. That's like vintage McGoldrick, that was. Um, something Collins probably wouldn't have done. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a breath of fresh air to watch him play. Uh, hopefully he can continue the good form and hopefully he scores bangers like uh, he nearly did against Portsmouth. Mm. Yeah, six inches lower and we're all going crazy. Mm. Um, it's an unbelievable strike. Again, confidence, isn't it? It's confidence to even attempt it, um, which is obviously what 
hopefully Warren's kind of instilling in these players. Um, but yeah, he's he is a class act and it's so strange for someone that you feel is quite slow how much time he has, whether that be, <laughs> no. you know, knocking the ball past somebody or turning on the ball. Yeah, he's a joy to to watch. And I think that it's the, yeah, it's the debate of how much do you play him? How much do you, do you give him in games? Can he go twice a week, three times a week? At the moment, it's looking like he can. Um, so, yeah, let's continue enjoying him while we've, while we've got him, I guess. Yeah, he is deceptively quick though, isn't he? He mm. is, and you know, even though uh, the commentators on on Friday were, were constantly saying how old he was and how <laughs> fast it he was and stuff like that, and he was beating players for pace for the entire game, and yeah, it, it's just a he's a quality player, isn't he? Uh, he he mm. just is a quality player, and you know, teams in this division there aren't many players like that in most teams in the league. You know, Chef Wednesday is the obvious one with with Barry Bannon. Uh, he's obviously their magician, and I think. McGoldrick's as um and you've just got to hope that as you say Jamie we keep him fit and we we don't use him too much use him sparingly and he can keep doing what he's doing I mean I don't know what you guys thought when Paul Warren came in I thought he was one of them strikers that I was like he's quality on the ball but is Paul Warren gonna like that sort of player because he's like his forwards pressing and, and well, it was one of them for me that I was like, I, I hope Paul Wong can still use him because his quality and stuff. But um, on Friday night, him and Collins put an absolute shift in, in the first half. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can still do it at the tender age of... <laughs> how, what, how old is he? And another player that, you know, just speaking, Callum, there about... Um, how you didn't think McGoldrick could be a warm player. Conor Hurahan, I mean, he's looked so different, hasn't he, the last few games? He's been everywhere. Um, he keeps taking people's legs, which is always quite funny to watch. And he, he, he seems a different player, doesn't he? Completely different. It's so weird. Those first few games under Warren, we're like, oh, he's passed it. This is it. He's done now. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, I can't imagine us playing without him. Playing with the rock his backside, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like a revitalised player. Like You wouldn't have thought that was the same horror hand we saw against Oxford uh, opening day. Um, but maybe Warren said to him that you've got to get up and down the pitch. And Horahan's got that quality. We just needed to see the extra bit that he's doing now from him. Um, and obviously, with the injury list piling up, um, we, need hit, we need him to put a shift in. And he looks a, a very different player from what we first saw. So long may that continue as well. Mm. Well, he's doing his coaching badges, isn't he? So maybe he's mm. uh, learning something off the field, you know, mm. about how he's one day got to coach players to do certain things. So he's thinking, yeah. right, I've got to, uh, I've cool. got to do it now and lead by example. <laughs> Otherwise, when he's a manager, he's going to have players pulling up old performances of him at Derby, going, "Hold on a minute, you told me to, you told us to press, and you're not doing that here." <laughs> I think the biggest thing I can get Paul cre- uh, Paul credit for is uh, is getting Max Byrne and Conor Horan to play finally as a duo in the midfield, whether they have obviously like Tomo obviously on Friday night is a making it a trio, but we obviously how, how many games under Rosinia were we saying these aren't gonna fit, these aren't gonna fit. and mm. it's they're exactly the same player and and blowing down Paul's coming and managing to and get them a tune out of them. Well I think that's that's one of the important things to note as well is that 
I, I know the Rossini versus Warren comparison will never end. Um, <laughs> and they got near enough the same amount of points from their first nine games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the way that players are playing now, they're fighting for the badge. And I, there were times under Rossini, and this isn't anything against Rossini, but there were times under Rossini where some of them seemed disenchanted. You know, it, it, they'd given everything, they tried their best, and they were like, right, this is it, we can't do anything more than this. Now we're in a position where the players are giving absolutely everything and it's working. And I think that's the important thing. It's working. We're going to away games. Teams can't break us down. Portsmouth, who had only drawn a blank, I think, one game all season, couldn't make it past our defence of, like, well, no defenders, pretty much. <laughs> you know, think of that back five. That not well there were two of them weren't there in in the correct position mm-hmm. and and nobody else <laughs> and you think that portsmouth the team that can't stop scoring goals couldn't break through that it is impressive and it's just testament to what warn's done he's changed people's mentalities he's changed the way the players are thinking the way players are acting the way players are fighting for the badge and and you've got to love that you've got to love that you, when i watch derby i know it's a bit of a tangent but when i watch derby I want to see players fight for everything. You know, even when a, when a player runs 20 yards back to block a ball down the line, all they've done is give the opposition a throw in, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Like, that's brilliant <laughs> because it's all about what's going on up there. And I think they've got that now. And I think that's the big change that we've seen under Warren. So, yeah, long may that continue and, and long, may, long may we enjoy that. Yeah, let's see what happens against Sheffield Wednesday, Jake. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter does it, it no I agree, I agree and I think um, I think Derby fans that we're not like hard to entertain and we're not hard to make happy and like you said there it sometimes is someone chasing the ball down putting in a good challenge you know going that extra mile a little cushioned header back to the goalkeeper that seems to always get a uh, an arousing reception at, uh, at Pride Park <laughs> but yeah it it is that isn't it and I think he, I think someone told me when he first came in, he will make players want to run through brick walls. He'll make players want, you know, feel part of a club, invested. It was actually a really good feature. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Um, a feature on Paul Warren 15 minutes before the the game on Friday. Um, and I think I've seen quite a lot on him. But every time I watch him, you, you just come come away thinking, I'd love to for him to be my manager. Um, on a football pitch, anywhere, to be honest. So, uh, if ever he's uh, if ever he's working at a fast food restaurant in the future, I'll go and uh, I'll go and apply for a job. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's it, yeah. They, well, they are invested, I think. Um, so long may long may that effort continue. And you know what? If we come up short, if we end up losing one 0 against Sheffield Wednesday, for example, um, as long as we've tried, as long as we see that kind of pride and that grit. I don't think people are going to get on his back, personally. They'll be the occasional people, but that's, uh, that's social, that's social media, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And I think we could just be... I think David Clough's had a, a little bit of criticism, hasn't he? Uh, I've seen people describe him as, you know, being a little bit wet behind the ears. But that decision to spend that money, that, you know, how much should we spend out of his own pocket, around 800000 to bring Paul Warren and his team from Rotherham to Derby, looks like it could really be a masterstroke. And and that's all you can ask from an owner. Um, you know, he's he's been involved in football for, what, a few months now? And he's already made a decision that, 
is better than any decision made by the bold man that was uh, with us previously. So yeah, long may that continue. Long may Warren continue. And uh, yeah, just I guess one final thing um, on both games. When we played Portsmouth, um, a man that I don't think got as much credit as maybe he deserved, and we've mentioned him a little bit already, is, is James Collins. And we're talking about players that will run through brick walls for a club. He just does it, doesn't he? He just runs and runs and runs and runs. You wouldn't think he was, what, in his 30s? No, no. I think you, the way you, um, we've been crying out for a number nine for, for ages, but a number nine that can do both jobs. You think the... we, we but since Chris Martin, we've hadn't had anyone who'd been able to hold up the ball for us. I mean, we had uh, CKR for a little bit and had to do it. But I mean, the fact that Collins been out, like the little fact there was a couple of little fouls on Port against Portsmouth that he just got his body in the way and he just just goes straight to the floor, got a free kick, and I was like, I said, it just reminds me of Chrissy Martin that, and it was like, <laughs> but then but then it's the other side of it where he's running from one end of the pitch, literally following the back four, trying to chase down the ball, and uh, it was like that's. That that's effort that I think Derby fans appreciate, um, mm. and um, and I said if we can get like I said keep getting goals out of him, it's kind of about that complete striker that we've always wanted. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And again, we keep saying it today. Long may that continue. Long may that continue, <laughs> because mm. it is good, isn't it? Having players that will give everything. And yeah, there are a couple of nods to Chris Martin. I'd love to see Chris Martin run as much as Collins does. <laughs> I think they're all just after one of those Pornwall mugs, aren't they? That's what they're doing. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I think we're in a positive place, though. I think, you know, we have been negative in the past on this podcast when things are needed to no. be negative. Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at the moment, everything's positive. Maybe we're still, um, you know, bathing in the glory of Liverpool away day, which I think I'll I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um <laughs> But yeah, think, things are positive and there's a lot of positives to, to be had. So um, you, you've got to look at it and think, and I said on, I mean, I was on Radio Derby on, on Friday night and I said, yeah, I know, Jake. Amazing, yeah, isn't flex. it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why can't we look at the two that are seemingly running away with it? You know, I know they picked up some results. Of, well, uh, Plymouth, obviously conceded a late goal against Burton but why, why can't we look at them and chase them down um, I think the only way is up and if we continue to put in the performances that we have been we will see them results but I think it's about making Pride Park a fortress as we have done on previous seasons um, and seeing, seeing where we end up I agree I am 100% with you and just before we end, let's do a really, really quick preview of uh, Newport away uh, in the Cup this weekend. Um, so on Sunday, which is weird, um, again. Um, but they're down at the near the bottom of League Two. Um, I mean, we said with Torquay, they're down near the bottom of what conference? So we, we've got to take it seriously. <laughs> um, I hope we take it the same way that we took the replay against Torquay. And I hope we put in a similar performance to what we put in against Torquay in the replay. Um, I just want to ask really quick score predictions before we end. Um, Callum, what do you reckon? 2-0 uh, Derby. 2-0. Who are your goal scorers? Uh, we'll go Willis Sula. Again, he's going to go top goal scorer of the FA Cup. And I'll go Dobbin. Oh, good choices. Jamie? 
Um, I'm going to go three nil, uh, Asula two, and Richard Stearman. Oh, <laughs> Richard, oh, Stearman. come on, <laughs> yeah. Vic. What do you reckon? We've got to keep it interesting. That's it. I'm going to go three one derby in the Mark O'Brien derby. Um, <laughs> my boss scores are going to be Asula, Cashin, and Collins. Good choices, good choices. I think it's going what about be, you, Jake. I think it's going to be tighter. I think it'll be tighter. Um, I, I'm going to go 2-1 Derby. Uh, I think they'll get an early goal and then later on we'll bring on some quality players and, and that'll be the one. Um, I back McGoldrick to grab one uh, and Willis Sulu as well because he, uh, he loves the FA Cup. <laughs> but yeah, right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for watching, if you watched. Thank you for listening, if you listened. Um, if you did watch uh you can catch the episode back again on youtube or twitter or on whatever streaming platform you listen on um if you're an audio listener fancy watching our faces move as we speak very exciting uh you can catch that on youtube which is just rams talk podcast and rams talk pod on twitter um although if you discovered us you probably know about both of those places already um so yeah Thank you very much for listening. Uh, It's been an interesting first episode on here. Um, It's very different to normal, (laughs) but hopefully we'll get used to it after a little while. And lads, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure as always. Pleasure. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.